You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome to the Gary Harris Show for this Wednesday, November 29, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. i got my main man, Noah Haynes, right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904. Glad to be with you this morning. It's beautiful outside, but it is cold. Now, this morning, now, I get a little, if you've listened to my show, you know, I enjoy talking about the weather and I get a little animated or, or, or I, I giggle when people talk about, oh, it's cold out there and it's, you know, it's 50 degrees. But uh, this morning it was cold. I mean, there's no other way around it. I walked out to, on my back, on my balcony about, uh, I don't know, about 725 this morning and it was brisk to say the least. And uh, there was frost on the ground and windshields were frozen over it's warmed up you know fairly nice and it's beautiful and it's sunshiny but it was it was chilly this morning so but it should be i mean heck man it's it's the next to last day of november and uh we're about to be into december so it was uh it was nice and chilly and seasonal and uh, beautiful outside today welcome into the program and I'm going to run down the lineup for you here in just a moment and get you set uh, set up for the next couple of hours. First, though, I do need to tell you this hour, the Gary Harris Show will be brought to you, as always, by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit, it's just a better way of banking. Find out for yourself the advantages of becoming a member at the Alabama Credit Union by going to alabamacu.com, alabamacu.com. And what kind of organization are you dealing with? Well, let me just tell you that Alabama Credit Union was voted the best company to work for in Alabama. How about that? So if they treat their employees as well as they do, you know they're going to treat their customers well. It's just a great organization. Steve Swaffer, the CEO, all the way through uh, top flight people, and being a member of the Alabama Credit Union is just a different banking experience. Again, visit alabamacu.com or get by and see them at one of their many locations around the state of Alabama. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. Okay, the lineup for today at 9.30. It's the Bama Football Recruiting Report with Andrew Bone coming off the Iron Bowl. We want to know where things stand with recruiting. Andrew Bone, Senior Recruiting Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network, will join us at 9.30. Then at 10.30, it's the Titans Report with Kayla Anderson as Kayla... Uh, was not able to be with us yesterday, so she's going to get on today and uh, talk about the Titans as they did beat the uh, Carolina Panthers. Of course, if you can't beat the Panthers, who can you beat? But the Titans did get a win. Derrick Henry had a couple of touchdowns and um, nearly 80 yards rushing in that game. So Titans showing some signs of life. We'll get the latest on the uh, Tennessee Titans with Kayla Anderson coming up at 1030. As I said earlier, your phone calls are welcome. 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number. 
If you want to join the program, you can give us a call, and we'd love to have you on the show. All right, as far as um, Alabama football, preparations continue for the SEC championship game. The Tide practiced in full pads yesterday afternoon, and, uh, of course, they will uh, go over to Atlanta on Friday, play the game on Saturday afternoon there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the Georgia Bulldogs. Alabama is a now six-point underdog in that game college football playoff rankings last night and it's a weird year that's all i can tell you it's a weird year that alabama's sitting here at 11 and 1 8 and 0 in the sec and and uh, i still say if they beat georgia on saturday that they are going to be in the college football playoff but um, some people say they won't be they're still at number eight right now and uh, which um <clears throat> I still don't think it really matters right now, but, you know, Alabama's taking care of its business, but so is everybody that's been in front of Alabama. Although Ohio State lost, but they still only dropped down to number six, <clears throat> excuse me, after losing to Michigan. So, you know, you just have to go play the game on Saturday and see what happens Sunday when they come out with the final rankings and hope that you, you win the game. If you win the game, I still say you're going to be in. Uh, I, I can't see that, um, you know, whether it's Florida State or Texas or whomever. I think Alabama, if they beat Georgia, is going to jump enough people to get into that final four. It's just the way I feel about it. But they have to uh, they have to win that game first. Basketball last night, a disappointing performance. I don't know any other way to put it. Um, you know, Clemson is a, is, a, is a veteran team, a physical team. Uh, P.J. Hall is a dynamic inside player. And um, they came into Coleman Coliseum and, and put a put a whipping on uh, Alabama. Uh, Crimson Tide was... Off to a terrible start shooting the ball. They were 0 for 9 from the uh, three-point range for their first uh, nine attempts. And um, only shot 11 to 35 from the game. I mean, it's just clear to me right now, this team, even though they were even with Clemson on the on the backboard, 41 rebounds apiece, if they don't shoot well, they're, they're going to struggle. I mean, defensively, they're just not very good. I mean, you know, it's 33-32 at half as they were down a point. But um, Clemson scored 52 points in the second half. And they're not a great, I don't think they're a great offensive team. Uh, Alabama, you know, I got, I'm like everybody else. I saw those first few games scoring over 100 points. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this team is phenomenal offensive. And I still think they're a good offensive team. Um, they're not uh, inside-wise. They just don't, on the defensive end, they miss Bediaco. They don't have the rim protection. And on the offensive end, you know, scoring down on the in the low post is a is an issue for this team, and um, it, it just is. I mean, they're still a perimeter based team. Um, they're led by their guards, and Mark Sears had twenty three last night. Rylan Griffin is really struggling. Um, Wagi got the start ahead of Pringle last night, even though Pringle played more minutes. Neither one of those guys, though, are are giving them inside what, you know, I'd hope to see them give them. Um, I don't know. I, I, I still think this team has a chance to be good. I look at the schedule now, though, and to me, it looks like, whoo, Lord. It's going to be tough going forward. Um, you lose last night. You've already lost Ohio State. So suddenly, um, you know, you're five and two. You're going to win the next game against Arkansas State. But then after that, you get Purdue, 
Creighton and Arizona. I mean, right now, <laughs> you know, just uh, looking at it objectively, I, I don't know that Alabama will win any of those games. I mean, those are three really good teams. Um, and they're at Creighton. The other two games are those, um, you know, neutral site type games. So, I, you know, I didn't go last night. It was an eight, that late tip, which I hated. Uh, I had to do the 10 o'clock sports, send somebody over there to shoot the game, but watched uh, you know, a good portion of it on television, at least while I, I could, trying to work. And um, I don't know. It's uh, They're not good on defense. And when they don't make shots at a high clip from the perimeter, you know, you can beat this team. And, um, again, held their own on the backboard. You know, was good at the free throw line. Got to the line 26 times, made 20. But 11 of, of 35 from three-point range, a lot better after the start. I mean, you, you know, they started 0 for 9. So after that, they were, you know, 11 of 26, which isn't bad. But Clemson shot 11 of 21 from three. So Clemson made as many three-pointers as Alabama with 14 less attempts. Clemson only got to the free-throw line 15 times. But... You're letting team, you know, you let a team shoot 53.3% against you and 52.4 from three, and you shoot 34.3% and 31% from three. You know, that's a formula to get beat. And Alabama did. I mean, they got 16 offensive rebounds, so they had some some second chance opportunities. But um, anyway. Uh, disappointing game last night at home. And, and yes, I heard the Jay Williams, the former Duke player and NBA player, the analysts say that the home, there was no home fielded, a home court advantage. And it was like a tennis match. I think that's pretty, I think that's a cheap shot. Uh, again, I wasn't there, but I, you know, it's a big arena, you know, it's holidays. It's a Tuesday night, eight thirty tip. I thought that the, the crowd seemed pretty lively. The students were there. The students were giving it their all. And, uh, you know, maybe that's just obviously that's his opinion, but I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't care for that comment. But uh, it is what it is. We all know Alabama needs a new arena. That's been on the table now for years, uh, and you know we look like we're going to get one uh, built. And then of course NIL hit, and I think that changed everybody's plans for an arena. And um, you know now we're still sitting there with an arena that is fifty you know fifty five years old. It's uh, it's big, it's kind of cavernous, and it's not suited for the modern day game of college basketball. I don't think it's nearly as bad as what a lot of people make it out to be. Uh, and, you know, in the, in the offices and the locker rooms and all that are incredible. Practice gym's incredible. But the actual game arena uh, has a bad reputation. We've talked about this over and over again on this, on this show, that it is not nearly as bad as people make it out to be, but uh, it's not a modern day friendly, fan-friendly basketball arena, and the students are not even as loud as they can be. They're still further away from the action than um, you would like them to be. So as far as a new arena, I don't, ha- I don't think there's anything going with that right now. You know, I think it's unfortunate that you hold a press conference a couple years ago to announce the plans for, um, you know, a renovated arena, and then you table that, and you say you're going to build a new arena, and you haven't done anything. Um, but again, that's the modern world that we live in. You know, there's not 
You know, as I've said before, there's not a money tree over there at the University of Alabama. You just go pull money off the money tree and get what you want. A basketball arena right now is something that uh, um, just doesn't seem to be on the table. All right, it's 9.15. We're going to take a break. Joe down in Dothan. Hold tight, my friend. We'll get to you on the other side. Andrew Bowen with the Bama Football Recruiting Report coming up at 9.30. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC, the Tide 109 app, and Tide109.com. We're back after this. This season of Alabama football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment. University of Alabama. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Koneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947 and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Get some Koneka Sausage now at konekasausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Tuesday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we were joined by defensive back Malachi Moore. And knowing your assignment was especially key on Auburn's final drive, obviously all the emotion of the go-ahead touchdown. How do you guys get locked in for your assignments or right after that? Uh, just just going through the sideline like after the touchdown, like everybody's excited, but we got all the defense together and made sure that we got to go back on the field and get a stop and make sure that um, we're aware of the situation. We knew they didn't have timeout, so we just emphasized um, if they do get the ball, make sure we tackle them in bounds and um, be ready for up-tempo offense. The game ends on an interception by Terry and Arnold. Uh, kind of walk us through that play from your perspective. Um, it was the last, last we knew it was the last play of the game, and it was backed up. So um, we kind of knew the game was over. And then I think Dallas and Brad's got some pressure, and the QB kind of lofted the ball up. And Terry, I was just sitting right there uh, waiting for the pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have more in a moment. Favorite jeans, favorite shirt. Got can make a sausage and I'm firing it up. Yeah, everybody knows. I'll get my grill on. You can smell that flavor up and down the road. It's a little taste of heaven. And everybody knows. It's how I get my grill on. Kanaka sausage. It's just a little taste of heaven. If you missed yesterday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, catch it on demand on the CTSN Facebook and YouTube pages. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. A psoriasis flare-up can make a walk in the park. Ministry has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a Appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup Salad or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Just 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky today, Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight clear with a low at 32. Tomorrow partially sunny during the day. Rain moving in tomorrow night, the high 61. Friday cloudy with occasional rain. Friday's high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 38 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 920, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show for this Wednesday, November 29, 2023. I was talking Bama basketball in the last segment. Disappointing loss last night at home of the 
ACC-SEC challenge, but uh, you know what? You got to move on. Hey, uh, do me do me a favor, Noah, before you take off to get a battery for my mouse. Uh, we want to get to Joe and Dothan, but my mouse is not working. To click him on air, if you don't mind. Go ahead and hit Joe. I can't do it. Yeah, my mouse is not working over here. So, all right, Joe, you with me? Morning, Gary. Thanks hey, for taking my call. Morning. You, you bet you. I couldn't. Uh, I'm having problems navigating with my computer right now. So Noah's going to get me a battery. But he had to click you through. But good morning, man. Morning, I, uh, Gary. I tell you this. This playoff committee. You know, I continue to just want to pull my hair out, uh, especially over Oregon and Ohio State being ahead of us and Texas. I, I don't think either one of those teams should be ahead of us or Texas. And when you when you start looking at these teams' schedule and I mean. Well, it's so subjective. I'm like, if you're going on even eye test or resume, it's an absolute joke, Gary. I don't – Oregon to me is a total fraud. Um, I, and honestly, I think the three best teams in the country right now are us, Georgia, and Texas. And, and I guess if I had to pick a fourth, it would be Michigan. Even though I'll be honest with you, Gary, uh, you, Michigan and in, in, in Ohio State continue to be a big question mark for me just based on the, their strength of schedule is just – terrible so we don't really know I, I still don't know if michigan's really any good or not well we know this joe and that is that uh, you made good points and that this is not this farce about it being the four best teams is just ridiculous they need to stop with that <clears throat> it's not about getting the four best teams it's about getting the four teams that they think uh <clears throat> you know fit the narrative for how they want the playoff to go you know well this conference hasn't had one in in a long time and you know we can't leave this team out and you know last year this move to get tcu in and now um so you know i i don't know who's better than who because you know that's subjective but i don't think that the committee's the committee's task is supposed to be to get the four best teams, whether that's one-loss right. teams, undefeated teams, worrying, not worried about how many teams you take from a particular, particular conference. I definitely think that Alabama is one of the four best teams right now. I just do. And, uh, of course, they got to go out and prove it on Saturday against Georgia. But, you know, even if they were to lose to Georgia, I still would think that they're one of the four best teams right now. And um, the problem is... They're not going to get in if they lose, and I'm not sure now if they're going to get in if they win. Right. That's that's where I'm going is I, I don't – I think it's very blatant, uh, Gary, that they're, they're, they're just going to – they're telling me with this last one that we're, we're not getting in, even with a victory. That, that, I hope I'm wrong, but just – that's just the way I feel about it. But, hey, you know, I'll tell you what, Gary, I think it's a total dog and pony show, and, and if, if we beat Georgia and don't get in, they will be forever an asterisk beside whoever wins the championship, in my opinion, um, because I, I just think it's an absolute joke if that happens. But, I mean, they're, they're just willfully ignoring the last 15 years of history in college football and just the domination of us and, and, and Georgia and LSU, this conference as a whole. It, it's just – but anyway, I'll get off my soapbox about that. All I can hope for, Gary, is even if we don't get in, you know, the way I'll see it, I, I'll be honest with you, if we don't get in, if Georgia beats us, I think we're the only thing that can derail them from three-peating. I mean, that's just my honest opinion. I, you, if, if they beat us and get in, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't have a, any faith in any of these teams in, in being able to beat them. Well, Joe, you make some, you make some great points, and uh, I, don't, uh, I don't totally disagree with you. I can tell you that, my friend. And uh, one last thing about the 
disappointing loss in basketball, Gary. And I, I agree with you. I, I got to tell you, Jay Billis has a lot of nerve, Gary. I, I understand that, you know, it wasn't the best crowd. Well, it and, and we know the history Jay, of Alabama. Jay, Jay Williams, Joe. Jay Williams. Jay Williams. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said Jay Billis. Jay Williams, I apologize. But, yeah, you know, I would, you know what I'd say to him, Gary? Partially, look at your network for that. They set these times. You're going to start a basketball game at 9 o'clock, almost 9 o'clock at night uh, in the central time zone? You, you think people don't have to get up and go to work and school the next day? I mean, I, I get it. You know, the students showed up, but I'm just saying, that, you know, he's got a lot of nerves saying that when his network is responsible for setting the uh, start times of these games. I agree with you. Great call, Joe. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, Joe and Dothan. All right, uh, Noah, go ahead and punch Cole through, and then we'll get to Tony in Birmingham. Good morning, Cole. How are you? Good morning, Gary. Hey. I said this one time, they need to just rebuild the Coliseum where, where it already is and then have basketball and gymnastics in Birmingham and then have volleyball and women's hoops in Foster and just do it like that. Well, That's where they need to put it. I don't know. I, like I said, right now my, my feeling is that the basketball arena is – our competition arena is on a back burner. So that's just the, that's just the vibe that I get. So, um, you know, like I said, Coleman is, I, I still enjoy going over there, but it is big. Yeah. It's uh, old. Yeah, it's old. And, and, um, you know, it's got to, it just doesn't have a positive reputation and just and rebuild it right there. doesn't help when you're, you're, yeah. you're, you have a national announcer go on TV and say that, uh, you know, it doesn't have a home court advantage and it's uh, yeah. like a tennis match. That's that's disappointing for him to make that comment. Yeah, it's not loud at all. Not really. Ooh, it's so spread out, so high. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's out of date. But they need to just put it right there, though, and have it just newer and then be, be, be good to go. Like have gymnastics and basketball in Birmingham, have volleyball and uh women's hoops and uh foster and then just re completely redo it and then then do that and keep it in, in, in the same spot all right cool. i love it where I, I love where it is it's just it's just rebuild it where it's at it's in a great location don't try to move it because it'll be smaller well i don't know like i said i yeah We'll just have to see what, what happens. Thank you, Cole. Yeah. All right, man. Be good. All right. Thank you. Uh, punch Tony from Birmingham up. Noah. All right, Tony. Good morning. Hey, buddy. Uh, I'll be quick, Gary. Um, <clears throat> listen, I coach with a guy who's pretty prominent in uh, the state, and he know he he either knew or knows of a current uh, playoff committee person. And I'm telling you, Gary, they do not want college football to become regional. I think about it since 2014 since the playoffs have started we've had one team from the north win the title correct uh, yeah, Ohio State, State, right? yeah yeah yep and and I'm, I'm telling you they are so afraid that the interest is going to be lost on the west coast the midwest and especially well, it's already gone in the northeast but they're they're afraid that that's going to happen and it's going to become a regional sport much like nascar was and um that's that's the vibe that I get, and whenever I heard that, I was like, "Well, that does make complete sense." Because Gary, you they keep holding the loss over Texas to us, and then I heard uh, Barry earlier this morning talk about how we had a close game against Auburn. Uh, Washington had to kick a game-winning field goal to beat a losing record Washington State, but yet they continue to move up. Uh, they've moved up every close call they've had. And we played better teams in Washington. I know they're unbeaten. I get it. I do. But who's to say that if uh, 
let's say USC was ranked higher and Oregon beat Washington, Washington beats USC, I would be willing to imagine they'd be right there in front of us. And uh, I, I do think that we're one of the best four teams in the country, just like I would be if, if, if we beat Georgia. I would say Georgia's the same position. But um, I do not think we're going to get two from the SEC in unless Michigan loses. Um, and then I, I could possibly see that. But my, my question to you is, Gary, where is Ohio State going to go? You know, in in terms of let's pretend that Michigan gets upset, Alabama Mm -hmm. wins out. uh, Let's say Washington wins, Florida State wins. Do you do you suspect that Ohio State moved right back up in there? Guys, that's a great question, Tony. And that's one I really not even have contemplated, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they 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 want so badly to me, Gary. It looks like to me they want someone so badly outside the southeast or the south southern part of the country to win it to not win a title. And I'm just telling me they want somebody other than the south to, to win a title. Well, I, I know this. It's definitely become a political uh, situation, and, mm-hmm. and, and people have agendas, and you can't. You know that's that's obvious. This this again. This is just a far saying that we're, we're about getting the four best teams in. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. you're not. One hundred percent correct. And you know, I, I mean, I, but again, Tony, I. I as I said yesterday, I'm just already tired of it, so I'm kind well, yeah. of just waiting to get see it play out. But all I can tell you is what I said weeks ago. If Alabama runs this gauntlet through the SEC and beats Georgia on Saturday, they deserve to be in, period, end of story. And you're, and you're probably right. If it was just about getting the four best teams, if Georgia loses to Alabama on Saturday, they're still one of the four best teams in my opinion. But uh, they're not going to put two teams from the SEC in. And like I said, there's some discussion of whether or not we'll get one team in from the SEC. And I think Oregon is a good team. I think they're going to beat Washington. But this, uh, I think a lot of this Pac-12 love has to do with the fact that the conference is going away and it's their final year. And because they got tagged with this as the best conference in college football this year early, and that has remained. And they're not the best conference in college football. No. Uh, well, let me ask you this, Gary. Uh, what in 2014 Ohio State won the title with the third string quarterback? Correct? They did. Cardell Jones and I, I was in New Orleans to watch them watch him light up. Yeah. Alabama. Well, I, I, if, if Alabama don't stop, if we quit passing the ball, we I think we end up beating them by 14 points. They, they couldn't stop there. No, Gary. they couldn't. Uh, but anyway, back to what I was saying. It's funny to me that some of these people on the committee have moved Florida State down, but back then they moved uh, Ohio State up. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've always thought about that. And then look, and do my eyes see that Ohio State was a better football team than Florida State back then? Yeah. But it's just, it's the way they put things. They they keep saying head-to-head matters, head-to-head matters. Well, again, Gary, if head-to-head matters, I'm telling you, and, and people can say that I'm crazy all I want, all they want to, had Washington lost a game, they would have been behind Oregon, and yet they beat Oregon head-to-head. So it didn't matter. Right. It's just it matters to Alabama and Texas. Hey, got you, Tony. Opinion. Thank you, man. All right, see you, bud. All right, it's a nine thirty-one. We got to get to the break. I uh, got my mouse working. Thanks to uh, Audio Bob from coming up from downstairs and get me straightened out. So we got to get to the break, and we're going to come out with Andrew Bone, the Bama football recruiting report, next right here on the Gary Harris Show. 
the way for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. All right, 935. Welcome back to the Jerry Harris Show. I got my mouse fixed so I can now control the computer. Well, I tell you what. You do a two-hour radio show, and you get without your computer for a few minutes, Noah. <laughs> it, uh, it is. It's. Uh, but we got it fixed, and we're ready to rock and roll. You heard it right there. Bad of the bone means it's time for Andrew Bone. I want to get him on for an Iron Bowl, post-Iron Bowl recruiting report, senior recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network, and uh, love uh, getting the scoop from Bone. Good morning, Bone. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Well, I'm doing well, and uh, what a game Saturday <laughs> on the field. And, of course, off the field, uh, it was huge, too, for both these teams. It was Auburn's home game at Jordan-Hare, so they had a huge, huge visit list and uh, recruits on campus. But a lot of these guys are being recruited by Alabama as well, some of whom are even committed to Alabama. And I wanted to get you on for a post-Iron uh, Bowl recruiting report. So just kind of, uh, you know, tell us the news and notes that came out of that game. And, and uh, recruiting-wise, uh, where's everything stand? Yeah, I think going into the game, I, you know, I, I was uh, I probably said that you know, I didn't think that it was going to be a uh, you know a bad situation for Auburn. Regardless, it was more of a uh, of a win win. You have a good game against Alabama. Um, yeah, you play well, you potentially win the game. Uh, you know, that's you know going to be a strong selling tool for recruits. And you, but if you get blown out. That's also a strong selling tool uh, for recruits because you know it kind of shows you that you know you're needed and that you can play early. But mm-hmm. you know, I think that um, you know with Alabama, you know it's kind of the same deal. I mean, everybody knows what Alabama's all about. You know, they're a top five, um, you know, recruiting program as far as uh, you know the rankings are this year. Uh, you know, they're consistently in the top you know three, top two, usually number one. Uh, so you know, everybody kind of expects you know, Alabama to continue to have success on the recruiting front. But as far as, you know, future, I, you know, I think that Alabama and Auburn, we're going to see a lot of recruiting battles, uh, especially in state. There's a lot of talent in the state of Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, for the next few recruiting classes, especially in 2025. If you look at Alabama's class right now, and you know, they already have four of their eight commits are from uh, – are from the state and mm-hmm. if you want to you know we could also include uh anthony rogers who's at img academy but he's originally from pike road alabama so that's five of alabama's eight early commitments from alabama so uh it's going to be you know pretty stacked class in 2025 and a lot of those top guys uh were in auburn for the game he also had a few alabama commits uh including ryan williams uh jeremiah beeman and i think guess those are the two guys that we're probably watching uh you know really closely here you know, especially with uh with beeman because you know, he is in 2024 class he has taken an official visit to auburn earlier this year he returned for the uh for the iron bowl 
and he's going to be signing his letter of intent uh, here next month. So, you know, will he go on any other visits uh, over the course of the next, you know, three or four weeks? We're kind of waiting to see if uh, if that takes place. But as of right now, I would say that uh, Beeman's pretty solid with uh, with his commitment to Alabama. But Auburn's going to make an in-home visit. They're going to continue to push hard for him. His teammate, Jordan Crawford, who's a 25 defensive lineman, uh, committed to Auburn uh, last month. So uh, I think Auburn's doing everything they can uh, to try to uh, to try to flip Jeremiah Beeman. But it, I don't think it's going to be uh, too easy. Uh, and then with Ryan Williams, yeah, I think – uh, everybody knows who Ryan is. He's the number one uh, wide receiver in the country in the 2025 class. He is a you know, priority target for uh, for a lot of schools. He's been committed to Alabama for for over a year, and you know, as of right now, I still feel you know pretty confident that he sticks with his commitment to Alabama. You know, that's the kid that uh, has been to I think six of Alabama's seven home games this season. Uh, went to Auburn three times, and you know they're certainly uh, doing everything they can. Uh, to try to flip him away, but uh, I think it's going to be pretty uh, pretty hard for them to do that. Um, you know, we're still kind of waiting to see if Ryan decides to do anything as far as reclassification. It's a uh, it's an option that uh, you know he I believe he has on the table, but he wants to um, you know he's going to decide on that on his own because you know, you know there's a lot of kids out there that have the option to reclassify, and a lot of them just. You know, decide they don't want to because they want to continue to be a high school student. They want to, you know, be with their friends. Uh, you know, they know what's in front of them. Uh, you know, they don't have to rush it. So uh, I think that option certainly on the table, and he's going to make a decision if he wants to reclassify. You know, probably pretty soon. So we'll watch that closely. But as of right now, I still like Alabama's chances uh, with Ryan Williams, even though. If you get on on an Auburn board or read an Auburn site, yeah, I think they, you know, a lot of them have been very positive about uh, the feeling with uh, with Ryan, and you know, I think some of that probably stems from uh, Auburn being able to flip Perry Thompson during the summer, and you know, there was some confidence that he was going to stick, but then he ends up flipping. Uh, so I think that's kind of the situation uh, with Ryan, but you know, I do think that um, we feel a lot better about where things stand with Ryan than we did with Perry. Uh, back in the summer. Andrew Bowen with us uh, for the Bama football recruiting report, talking about uh, recruits at the Iron Bowl. Uh, of course, Alabama is in the SEC championship game, which is the goal of every team that plays in the SEC. Uh, but Saban's talked about it before. You know, you got you know, 12 other schools are focused uh, pretty much on recruiting right now. Alabama and Georgia are focused on trying to win a huge game. Um, that's the balancing act. Is it, you know, how big a disadvantage is it from a recruiting standpoint to be playing in this game? At least, I mean, it's positive in the fact that you're in it. I get that. But as far as, you know, you can't fully focus on recruiting right now uh, the way these, uh, a lot of these other schools are. Yeah, you know, I think with Alabama, you know, the good thing is, is you know, your class is pretty much finished. Um, you know, you're not really having to go after many targets. There's obviously some targets that are still out there, some guys that are going to come in uh, for official visits in December. And obviously, you know, several guys that Nick Saban's going to go have in-home visits with. But when you currently have 20 commits uh, and you're probably going to sign, you know, or add five, six more guys to this class, uh, it's not that big of, you know, not that, that big of stress. I think that if they still had, you know, 10, 12 more spots remaining, yeah, you, you're you might be a little bit stressed because you're not going to have a lot of time to go recruit those guys. But, um, you know, just because of the, uh, the way the class is now with the numbers, uh, I don't think, you know, 
it's more of a recruiting tool to be able to sell that you're playing in the SEC championship game and you're not out on the road recruiting right now. Portal bone. Uh, we were already seeing number of Florida players, uh, you know, getting ready to go in. The portal season's about to open up. Um, you know, Alabama, I think, has managed it as well as anyone from terms of how they've handled their their current roster. Um, you know, they've dipped into the portal, but it hasn't been a you know wholesale either. You know, wholesale changes on the roster either way. But how big of a balancing act is that with dealing with the portal, and 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 how does it affect some of these teams? If you have you know a bunch of guys going to the portal. Um, then you're scrambling maybe in terms of your, not only your recruiting, but in terms of trying to get, you know, roster management wise, it's just, uh, is it, a, you know, you talk to these coaches, it's just kind of a mess trying to recruit high school prospects and manage a portal at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, it's all about roster management because at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're, you can still only have 85 players on scholarship. So, you know, you're trying to, um, you're trying to balance it. You're trying to make sure that, you know, you have spots available uh, for guys in the transfer portal and not just load up on a bunch of high school players. And I, I think that's, you know, exactly what Alabama's trying to do here. And you also don't know who's going to return. You know, there might be guys who are on the fence, um, you know, that Alabama may think that they are going to leave, but then they decide, you know, maybe after uh, maybe after the SEC championship game, you know what? Maybe it's better if I decide to come back for uh, for another year. Maybe they they wait until after uh, after the bowl game to uh, to decide on that. So you always have to kind of wait and see. But you know, with Alabama, you know, I think they kind of they probably already know um, you know some players that they'll probably end up losing. Um, you know, whether that's to the draft, um, you know, whether that's to the transfer portal. I think they already know, and I, I think they probably also know what areas that they're going to go after. And you look at, you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but I would say that, you know, offensive line probably going to be an area that, that they uh, that they look into. And I think there's some other areas on both sides of the ball that, you know, they could wait and see, you know, who's going to get, uh, who's going to enter the portal. Um, you know, is it a good fit? You know, can you get them? How much is NIL going to be a factor uh, in that recruitment Um and then you also have to wait and see who are you going to end up signing uh, over the course of the next, you know, four weeks or adding to your class. Because, you know, last year I think Alabama went into December thinking they were probably going to go after a you know, left tackle in the transfer portal. They ended up not doing that because they ended up signing uh, or being able to flip Caden Proctor away from Iowa mm-hmm. at the last minute. And I think that that kept them from going after a um, – you know, a left tackle. So kind of have to wait and see kind of what happens over the course of the next four weeks. But uh, portal season is here. I mean, it's going to, you know, we're already seeing a ton of names that are expected to enter the portal. And we're going to see a lot more names, uh, you know, come next Monday once schools can uh, make contact with these guys. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be incredible to, uh, to see the amount of players and the amount of big name players uh, that are going to be available. 20 commits for Alabama right now in this 2024 class. The signing period begins December the 20th. Um, you look at the class now as it is constructed bone. Do you expect all the commits that are in this class to go ahead and sign in the December period? Or is there a possibility some of them could wait? Yeah, I think we'll see all of them sign. Um, I'd be surprised if uh, if any decided to wait. And we've seen that. Uh, we, we've seen that before. 
four. Um, some who decided to wait. I don't think we saw any uh, do that last year. Um, but I think we'll see all go ahead and sign. Uh, you know, the majority of the kids that are currently committed to Alabama uh, are planning to enroll early as well. I think 16 uh, of the commitments are currently scheduled to enroll early. And, and that's a lot of guys that are coming in. Um, you know, not in January, but they'll be there in, in December for right. bowl practice. So, um, the big groups so you, yeah, I, I certainly expect all to go ahead and sign, uh, you know, during that early signing period. But, um, I don't think we'll see any sign on the 21st or the 22nd. I think they'll all sign on the 20th. All right, now on three's got Bama's 2024 class ranked fifth nationally, third in the SEC. As you said, it's, it's basically now as much about holding on to these commits as adding, but, um, how 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 many more do you think could be added to this class total? Uh, not just in December, but maybe some guys that hold out. Uh, ultimately, how many people do you think Alabama will sign for this twenty twenty four class? Now, is this including uh, just including transfer portal no, players? No, this, well? this is just including <laughs> this is just including the, the high school and, and junior college signees. Yeah, I think uh, you know when you look at. You know, let, let's go on the offense side of the ball. I think Alabama is going to have an opportunity to sign or, or add one, maybe two more, uh, more, but one to two running backs. You know, they don't have a running back commitment just yet. They should see a couple guys take official visits uh, over the next couple weeks. Kewan Lacey out of uh, Texas and uh, Kevin Riley uh, out of uh, Tuscaloosa County, who's currently committed to Miami. We should see both those guys on campus in the next two weeks for officials. So, I uh, kind of wait and see what happens with uh, with those two guys. I, you know, I still think that you know, an offensive lineman, you know, very much a possibility. Uh, you know, Jordan Seaton you know, remains at the top of the list for Alabama. Um, you know, and kind of like I said earlier about Caden Proctor. Um, you know, if Alabama ends up not being able to get uh, you know Jordan Seaton in this class, then you go after a couple offensive linemen in in the transfer portal. Um, I do think that they'll end up with a de- at least one defensive lineman, one linebacker. So let's just say they add anywhere between four and five more high school players in the uh, in this 2024 class, and then they'll uh, shift all their focus uh, to the transfer portal, which they'll probably go ahead and do that um, you know before the uh, the early signing period anyway, because you wait till uh, the early signing period, then yeah. a lot of those uh, top end guys may be off the board. Bo, let me ask you this, and we'll we'll wrap it up. I, I wanted I mean, you're doing a great job of covering what I wanted you to cover. It's not as much about specific players right now as it's just an overview. So, your recruiting coordinator or a per, player personnel uh, director at one of these schools. So, you have a plan for high school recruiting, and then obviously, even though you can't, you know, quote unquote, officially contact players, but you have somebody gathering the information of who you're expecting to go into the portal, right, and who you're expecting to lose. So, in essence, uh, you have a, 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 a recruiting list for high school and junior college players. You have a recruiting list probably of players that you're hoping to recruit out of the portal, and you have a list of guys you're expecting to lose in the portal, basically. Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if some of these guys who are working in the uh, in, in the football offices make, a, make enough money, but uh, they got a lot of, lot of things on their plate um, <laughs> as far as um, you know, guys that they are, um, you know, guys they're having to track, guys that they're having to follow. Um, and, you know, it's a, uh, uh, it's pretty wild to see kind of what happens, especially once the, the, the portal officially opens. But I think, you know, for the most part, you know, they have an idea of probably some guys that are going to be in the portal 
um, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think they probably also know, um, you know, guys from elsewhere who are, you know, considering getting in the portal. I think you can easily look at you know, a lot of these different schools who've lost coaching staff, um, you know, maybe coordinators. Um, you know, it's going to open the door for some opportunities there. So, um, yeah, I mean, you've got guys that are you know, working in the recruiting office every single day who are having to be in charge of, you know, one, high school kids that they are targeting, two, commitments that they're hoping that are not going to potentially flip, and then you have to start focusing in on, you know, guys in the transfer portal that you're going after, you know, but not not also guys that you're going to go after in the transfer portal, but you know, maybe even guys on your own team that might in, enter the transfer portal that you want to keep because uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, – I think there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to try to test the waters that Alabama certainly doesn't want to lose. Great stuff as always, Bone, and uh, I know you're zeroing in. And one final question. Uh, are we going to see portal – are you already do maybe you're already doing it are we going to see start seeing portal rankings as far as <laughs> classes and you know you got your 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 recruiting rankings are you gonna have who you know are you gonna put out rankings for who got the best talent coming in on the portal yeah i think we we've already been doing that uh, i think there's already as far as portal class um uh excuse me not portal class portal players who are ranked i think there's already you know a top 50 or top 100 list once oh, that goodness. Once the, the amount of players are once the, a certain amount of players in the portal, you start ranking them. But um, as far as uh, adding to the actual class, I don't think that's happened just yet. Uh, they might rank them just based on you know who you bring in from the portal, but I don't think it's been combined yet as far as portal plus high school kids. Gotcha. All right, Bone, tell everybody where they can find you. Go to BamaOnline.com. Check out all of our content. Sign up now for $1.00. Uh, gets you one month of premium access, which uh, if you uh, are familiar with uh, how months work, um, <laughs> that will get you until uh, until the early signing period. So get you all the way through uh, the busy part of uh, busy part of our business. So go check it out. One dollar, one month premium access. BamaOnline.com. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, man. See you. All right, good stuff from Bo. 9.52 here on the Gary Harris Show, and uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up this first hour, get you ready for hour number two. I know we had some callers call in uh, that we didn't get to because we had to get to Bone, but we'll be wide open for phone calls uh, in the first half hour of hour number two before we get to Kayla Anderson for the Titans report. So if you called in and couldn't get through, and I was having some mouse problems, and Noah was trying to help me, so we were we were pretty busy, but uh, we'll be ready for phone calls in the second hour. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one, though, first. We'll do that next. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky today, Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight clear with a low at 32. Tomorrow partially sunny during the day. Rain moving in tomorrow night, the high 61. Friday cloudy with occasional rain. Friday's high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 40 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Oh my- 
for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 956, this is the YMCA Community Open Doors Wellness Week. It's going on right now. It started Monday. It runs through December the 2nd. Free to the community all week. You can go by the Y, check it out, use it for free. What a great opportunity. Seminars, special events, special classes, and uh, all kinds of great stuff going on. And don't forget, too, the annual Rudolph Run 8K is coming up this Saturday, December 2nd. Get by the YMCA to uh, get signed up for this terrific event. It's a great week to go to the Y, YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street, downtown. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the first hour of the show. We uh, got our little technical snafus out of the way, so we're really ready to run here in the second hour and uh, take some more phone calls. Listen, uh, you... You have strong opinions about the, the college football playoff rankings. I get it. You have strong opinions about Alabama basketball. I want to hear them in the second hour because we're wide open for phone calls coming up. That's uh, going to do it for this hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. Hour number two is on the way. Keep it dialed in. Gary Harris and Noah Haynes coming right back on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. News in the NFL beginning with an AFC South contender. NFL media reports Texans left guard Titus Howard will miss the rest of the season with a knee injury. Suspended Broncos safety Kareem Jackson is meeting with Commissioner Roger Goodell today in order to seek clarity on player safety rules that have led to him missing six games this season. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports Eagles linebacker Zach Cunningham will not play against the 49ers this weekend with a hamstring strain. Reports say Philly is bringing in former Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard for a visit today. He spent Tuesday with the Cowboys and is expected to make a decision on who he wants to play for by this weekend. 15-year NFL receiver and longtime Eagle Deshaun Jackson announced his retirement today. He will ceremoniously retire as an Eagle on Friday and then be Philly's honorary captain for the big game against San Francisco Sunday. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. The Tuscaloosa City School System, the only system in the entire nation to be awarded the Benjamin B. Trigo Award for student postgraduate readiness. Tuscaloosa County leaders are in Auburn this morning with county officials from across the state attending the two-day annual Association of County Commissions Legislative Conference. Mental health will be a key issue on their agenda. And preparations continue at the University of Alabama's Moody Music Building for the fourth Republican presidential debate. It'll be held a week from tonight on campus. Some roads around the facility will be closed next week. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. 
The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama Sports, and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC, the Tide 109 app, Tide 109.com. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes with you, ready to take some phone calls because uh, we were getting a lot of calls in that first hour, and I was having some issues with my computer, but uh, thanks, Audio Bob, downstairs for running up and helping me fix it, and Noah and I are back straight, and we're ready to go here in this second hour. This hour is being brought to you by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law, dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. Clients and prospective clients are treated with respect and care. I vouch for these gentlemen 100%. Paul Patterson's in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike Comer's in Northport at 205-759-3939. We invite you to contact us with uh, legal issues that are a result of personal injury, wrongful death, product liability, or 18 winter accidents. The commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com. That's PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, I want to dive back into these college football playoff rankings for a moment because, uh, as I said, I had a lot going on in the first hour, and we were getting some good calls about the playoff rankings, uh, but my attention was a little bit diverted trying to deal with my computer. And uh, I will give you my thoughts. As I said yesterday, I'm not going to obsess over this. What's going to happen is going to happen. I do think there's a lot of irony in the fact that this is the final year of the 14 playoff and this is really the first year that we've had a brouhaha like this um other years we've had teams like alabama uh you know get in without uh, winning their conference uh same thing last year with ohio state and uh georgia two years ago same thing georgia lost the conference championship game to alabama and got in and now all of a sudden you know we got four 12 and 0 teams we got four 12 and 0 teams we got four 11 and 1 teams um we haven't had that before in the 14 playoff era, uh, all from Power Five conferences. So we've got four teams that are 11 and one or better. And that's just, uh, you know, you just could not have anticipated that happening. Georgia's 12 and 0, Michigan's 12 and 0, Washington's 12 and 0, Florida State's 12 and 0, Oregon's 11 and 1, Ohio State's 11 and 1, Texas 11 and 1, and Alabama's 11 and 1. So those are your top eight in that order. Uh, it was big last night. I do think it was big for Georgia to stay on top. I think that obviously helps Alabama's case if Alabama beats Georgia. I was a little concerned that Michigan might leapfrog Georgia for that top spot simply because, you know, Michigan beat Ohio State on on Saturday. But Georgia staying number one helps Alabama because if Alabama wins that game, you want to be able to say we beat the number one team and the team with a 29-game winning streak. Michigan at number two, Washington at number three, and Florida State at number four. Now, is it as simple as if those four teams win – is that your is that your final four? Is that your college football playoff final four? It probably is. If those four teams win, I think they're all going to the college football playoff. And I think it'll be seated just like that. Georgia against Florida State, Michigan against Washington. If those teams lose, that's when it gets chaotic. Alabama beats Georgia, let's say Oregon beats Washington, and Michigan and Florida State win. What do you do then? Wow. (laughs) You know, and let's say Texas wins at number seven. Ohio State's not playing. 
let's say Alabama and Texas win. And Georgia and Washington lose. What do you do then? You know, somebody's going to get left out and somebody's going to be mad. That's just the way it's going to be. Let's say Florida State wins and Oregon wins, Texas wins, and Alabama wins. Is there a chance that one of those teams could drop, jump Florida State, even if Florida State's 13-0? and 0? I mean, there's a lot of drama coming up on, on Saturday with these games, and there could be much more drama coming up on Sunday with these final <laughs> college football playoff selections. It's just amazing to me that when Alabama lost that game to Texas way back in week two. And we didn't know, you know, honestly, if Alabama was going to, you know, lose three or four games. A lot of people felt like they would. I mean, a lot of people made bold predictions on the airwaves that Alabama would lose three or four games. Now they're sitting here at 11 and one. And if you'd have told me then that Alabama was going to be 11-1 and and go 8-0 in the SEC and be playing for Georgia, playing Georgia for the SEC championship, I'd have told you that they would be a lock to be in the playoff if they beat Georgia and might even be in the conversation if they didn't beat Georgia, even though no two-loss team has ever gone to the college football playoff. But instead, we're having a conversation that Alabama may not even be in the playoff if they beat Georgia. Just an interesting year. And again, it's just ironic that in the final year of the 14 playoff, if this was like next year with 12 teams, we would even be having this conversation. I mean, we'd be we'd be wondering about who gets in, you know, near the end of the of the 12 team playoff. Would it be LSU or would it be Oklahoma or would it be Ole Miss? You know, Tulane, way down there at 22 in the rankings, but eleven and one. And have built a heck of a program with Willie Fritz. So a totally different conversation, but Alabama wouldn't even be worried about being in the playoff. They'd be, it'd be how high can you be seated? And, you know, will you have to play that first weekend if you lose to Georgia? Or will you still be one of the top eight? But this is not next year. This is this year, and there's only four teams that are going. And <laughs> we could have chaos. We could really have guess. Now, obviously, best-case scenario for Alabama is Alabama, first of all, wins. You know, Alabama wins, and then you have some help, although they have not gotten any help yet from anybody. This past Saturday, the Saturday before that. But best-case scenario for Alabama is Alabama beats Georgia, and then let's say um, Louisville beats Florida State, and... Oklahoma State stuns Texas. <laughs> you know, then you're in. There's no doubt about it. So you got to win, but you still got to see how it all plays out. All right, let's jump out on the first of main condominiums hotline and welcome in Cowboy. Hey, Cowboy. Hey, Gary. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. 
good deal. Sounds like you got a little nervousness to you there. You're you're hoping for a lot of if ends and no. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I am I am nervous because I, I I am sensing that this committee, as I've said before, is not has nothing to do with wanting to get the four best teams. Uh, they're trying to play mix and match. They're trying to trying to make it you know feel good about we've spread the wealth around. So I am nervous from that standpoint. I still will say that I'll be stunned if Alabama beats Georgia and isn't in the college football playoff. But I may be stunned because I def- I definitely think there is a move afoot um, to keep Alabama out. And, you know, and, and, and in essence, if Alabama wins that game, you're keeping the SEC out. Now, I guarantee you that committee's pulling for Georgia to win. Because if that's the case, then they don't have to fool with Alabama. <laughs> so I think that, that makes it easy on them. In fact, I think the committee um, is hoping, you know, wouldn't mind seeing those those top four win. <laughs> and they'd have four 13-0 teams in the playoff. You know, that'd be, that'd be what was easy on them. But I hope it's not easy on them. I hope I hope that we put them in a vice I hope Alabama goes over there and beats Georgia, even though I, you know, I'll go ahead and put, let the cat out of the bag. I did it on Tyler Insider TV last night. I picked Georgia to win the game. But uh, if Alabama goes over there and beats Georgia and uh, we have a little bit of chaos, I, I want to see how they handle that. Hey, Gary, have you thought about this? Now, people might really think I'm nuts when I bring this up. But let's talk about it here a little bit. Um, Commissioner Sankey has not came out and said anything like an SEC champion team should make the playoffs no matter what. I haven't heard that out of him. Have you? No, I haven't. Okay. Do you think we saw in the game Saturday against Alabama at Auburn that we could see the same kind of stuff this Saturday um, from Georgia, where they know Georgia's guaranteed to be in it if they win, and they don't have all this conjecture of if and candy and butts and Merry Christmas. We need this upset to happen. We need this. The, I mean, we we need to think about this a little bit. I know I know this is public airways, but um, you know we're not gonna get any calls Saturday. You better get ready. You better prepare the people. What do you think? <laughs> you know, Cowboy, I, I still, as disappointed as I have been at times with the officiating in Alabama games the last couple, three years, I'm still not going to go there. I, I still want to believe in my heart of hearts that that game on Saturday is going to be officiated with complete 100% non bias and that those guys are going to um, call that game straight down the middle. I, I mean, I just think that that's, that's still but what I want to believe. Do you understand what I'm saying here? That the SEC is guaranteed if Georgia wins. I got guaranteed. that. I understand, what you're, no, I understand what you're saying. I still don't want to believe that they're going to let that factor in and how they call the game, though. I don't want to believe that, Cowboy. <laughs> Well, Gary, you're coming around from where you were two or three weeks ago. 
I just said I don't want to uh, believe it. You know, I don't want to believe know, it. I, I mean, I, I still don't want to believe that that's where we're at, that you would have the two most prominent programs in this league, including, let's be clear, the most prominent program in the history of Southeastern Conference football, and it's not even close. I don't care what Georgia's done lately. This is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And to think that the conference office would have any agenda against Alabama, I'm, not, I'm just not going to – I don't even want to go there. Because that that's just yeah. that that that's, that's, that's this is well, still this is still the Alabama people, Crimson Tide. I've had a couple of people bring bring that up to me today, and I said, "Well, you know, you might be right. They're guaranteed if Georgia makes it, and money is the evil of all corruption, and uh, you know, a lot of things have happened in this country in the last four years that we thought never would happen." <laughs> well, let's uh, let's see how the game plays out. But if we look up on Sunday, you know, I got Saturday, a good feeling. I got a good feeling about this. Well, game. if we look up I, on I Saturday evening that. and it's twelve penalties for eighty-eight yards for Alabama and two penalties for ten yards for Georgia, I might have a completely different feeling. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. But you think well, so? You I, think I, you, I, you I, think Alabama's going to win the game, huh? I'm beginning to think so. Yeah. Okay. You know, thirty games is a lot to win in a row. And, uh, you know, the, the mantra just, it might be time Georgia can't dial it up, you know? Maybe so. Just, Maybe so. Um, you know, we didn't see much Milrow option against Auburn. You know, maybe they're, maybe we got some things we're going to run against Georgia and, you know, we can play with a hair on fire on defense, let it all loose on offense and, just, just play cold and ready to spring, as Coach Bryant would say, and 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 let it rip. You know, we got nothing to lose really, because if we lose, we're going home to the Capital One Orange Bowl, I guess. So we, um, you know, we we got nothing to lose in this ball game. Turn and it Georgia's loose. I'm, I'm with you 110 percent, Cowboy. Turn it loose. Let it go. Like you said, play like you're, you, you know, you just got, you know, it's it, it just everything is uh, on your side. And, and listen, if you lose the game, it's still been a really good season. If you win the game, I said this earlier in the week, if you win the game, even if you don't get in the playoff, you can't control that. To be the SEC champions, to be to be 12-1, and one, to beat the Georgia Bulldogs, nobody can take that away from you. Hey, great call, Cowboy. All right, be good. I didn't right. mean to... Uh, up a horse, man. All right, buddy. Nah, you're good. You're good. Hey, listen, it's 1016. We've got uh, Jim and then Philip. when we get back on the other side. You guys stay on hold for me. We're going to get to you next up on the other side of the break. This is the Gary Harris Show on Todd 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our... Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky today, Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight clear with a low at 32. Tomorrow partially sunny during the day. Rain moving in tomorrow night, the high 61. Friday cloudy with occasional rain. Friday's high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Gary Harris, we're going to jump right back out on the phone lines, First Domain Condominiums Hotline, and uh, we've got Jim, who's been patiently waiting. Hey, good morning, Jim. Hey, come on now. Hey, um, buddy. Yeah, we know something Friday night, or maybe, you know, Washington wins Friday night. We know they're in because they're already, you know, in, and they'd be undefeated. Right. If Oregon wins and everybody else in front of them wins, uh, it'd be a case where they're going to jump Florida State. You just right. have to wait. Now, the good thing about Alabama, they played the game at 2.30. It'll be over with before FSU plays that night. So if Alabama wins, Nick Saban's going to be able to get on there and do his politics and, and during the games, you know. Right. Um, give a head start. But uh, I I mean, I don't, you know, you know how I kind of like feel about it, or, you know, if certain things happen. But I mean, I I think one of the three is probably going to lose just because it's amazing how far this has went on. Yeah, until yeah. Last week. So I'm you with know. you. I thought, surely to goodness, when the last. All the robbery games in the last two or three weeks, one of these teams uh, would lose, but none of them, including Alabama, have. Everybody's managed to yeah, everybody's managed bit. to win. And like I said earlier, Jim, it's just a lot of irony in this final year of the fourteen playoff. This is the first time we've ever had a log jam like this since twenty fourteen when yeah. they went to this format. It's the first time. In fact, like I yeah. said, you know, we've had teams get in Ohio State last year, Georgia two years ago, Alabama's done it where they 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 lost late and didn't even play in their conference championship game or lost their conference championship game and got in. And now we're talking about, you know, undefeated teams possibly being jumped and yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, and um the one positive sign and I mentioned it the other day about how the depending on how the rankings came out is that they left Georgia number one. They yeah, could have been missing ahead of them. Yeah. So I think that's maybe a, a little bit of hope where they're leaving the door open for Alabama to get in with a victory by them, you know, beat, like I say, them beating our number one. If they beat the team that the committee says is the best team in the nation, what better argument can you have, okay? So the committee left them at number one. So that's kind of like leaving the door open maybe. Maybe they are leaving the door open, you know. So. Well, I, you know, again, you know, uh, Cowboy mentioned Greg Sankey. I, I do know that Greg Sankey is – all these commissioners are powerful, but he's as powerful as any of them. Um, he's got a loud He's got a loud platform based on the success that the Southeastern Conference has had. And, you know, if, if Georgia wins, like you said, it's a moot point. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. And, and I think there's a lot of people in that committee room pulling for Georgia to beat Alabama. But if Alabama wins, um, you know, I you, you, you're going to have – like I said, there's going to be some chaos because there's just no way. And and I've said this before. I said it to you, Jim. In the world that I live in, that you could you could leave the SEC out of this final playoff when you've got Georgia sitting there at 12 and one and Alabama sitting there at 12 and one, and you know, tell me that neither one of those teams are one of the four best teams in the country. I'm not buying it. So I, yeah. that's why I'm still holding out belief um, that that if Alabama wins against Georgia, they'll find a way to get in that thing. So you know. And you had last year, you know, the uh, you know the big debate about whether Alabama, Alabama should have been in. So I don't have many committee members still on the committee from last year, but 
would they like in a close thing? Would they not want to leave Alabama out twice? Like they, you know, like actually, you know. Had a fight, speak with him like we don't want a man at all. Before yeah, you know, I like- don't know. And and, and again, we, you know, we just keep getting back to, you know, well, they. I just wish to goodness that they could just focus on the four best teams. And and, and I guess my point is this, Jim: if Alabama beats Georgia, is twelve and one, nine and zero in the SEC. I, I just don't know in any any reasonable person's mind that you could say that Alabama isn't one of the four best teams in the country. And I, you know, I, I think even if a team's undefeated, <laughs> if, if you think that team that's got one loss is better than that team, that that's the way you should vote. And it yeah, would, it's you know, how they it, should do the vote. It would, it's so, how they should determine. Go ahead. It's how they should determine that. It's the easiest way. Okay. You start off state number four and five team. We'll say there's two teams left four and five and it's a big argument. You ask each committee member, if you had to bet your mortgage on this game, which team would you bet on? If they're smart, they bet on the team who they thought was best. That's, that's right. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point. It just, again, it's like, here's the thing. If you're a Florida State fan and you were to go 13-0 and and get left out of the playoff, would you be hot as, yeah, you'd be hotter than a stirred-up hornet's nest. I get that. But I think without Jordan Travis, to your point, if Alabama played Florida State, and again, I know that's that doesn't, matter but alabama with the current team that alabama has and the current team that florida state has i bet you alabama would be an eight or nine point favorite in that game in a neutral state. yeah and like say good odd makers just ask the committee members themselves like say who, who you gonna bet your mortgage on you know yeah so Before, yeah. but um i think and and, and don't think that Oklahoma being at Texas the last year. Don't think Oklahoma State don't want to mess them up. Well, they the do, but I just don't think they got the horses to do it. I was so pulling for Brigham Young to beat Oklahoma State because I think Oklahoma could beat Texas again. I don't think Oklahoma State can, but you know they'll play the game. So who knows? Yeah. All right, Jim. Well, well, I'm looking forward I'm to you calling back on Monday, regardless of how this all turns out. We'll discuss it. Yeah. Well, if it turns out wrong, I'll be sick, so it'd be Tuesday. If I call you back. All right, so. buddy. Talk to you All, right, later. All right, let's get to Philip before we uh, get to the break and come back with the Titans report. Uh-oh, I I did that. Philip, call back in. I'm sorry, my friend. I I'm having a tough time with the computer. It got got me out of sync. Philip, call back, and we got time to get you in here before. Here he is. He's calling right back. So we'll get Philip on here, and then we'll uh, then we'll get to the break. So, uh, all right, Philip's back this time. Let's see, Philip, I got you this time, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right, man. Hey, um, Gary, I tell you uh, one one thing. I sort of said uh, tongue in cheek to a guy last night at work. Um, I wonder where the committee would rank Alabama right now if Alabama was undefeated. All right, say that again now. I was I was talking to a friend of mine last night at work, and I told and I was just asking him. I wonder where the committee would rank Alabama right now. If Alabama was undefeated, I think they'd rank them third. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we don't because they're not undefeated. But I think that they would be third. If Alabama were undefeated right now, I think Georgia would be one, Michigan would be two, and Alabama would be three. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. And Washington would be four. Florida State would well, be five. Well, I agree with you. Uh, if I interpreted what you said a minute ago correctly, I, I think they've been looking for storylines for the last five or six weeks on this stuff when they started doing the doing the Tuesday night reveal. Mm-hmm. I think this has been baked in the cake for five weeks or so now. I think they're looking for some way to get a Big Ten, Pac-12 matchup 
I think they they like the Georgia three peat story. I think that's you know a, a, a storyline. But here's the other storyline I've got. I think I think FSU should be concerned because I think if there's any way they can screw them over and and figure out a way to get Texas in the final four, they're going to do it because the championship being in Houston. Just think of the marketing and the and the commercials and the and the PR and the advertising that could be gained from that. Yeah, I thought about it. I have thought about it, and and I do think uh, you and I are both dead on. I think this things this this these selection shows are about they're about storylines, they're about drama. I do think there is some uh, ESPN, you know, wants wants eyeballs and ratings so I, i'm not saying that that's the only factor by far but i do think keeping people in suspense this has been this has been good for um good for the people that are involved in college football and uh you know but saturday friday night and saturday we could see and i hope this is what we do uh see i think we could see this committee come together on Sunday and say, all right, all the agendas out the window now, who are the four best teams? And if they do that and Alabama beats Georgia, they'll be in. If they beat yeah. Georgia and they're not in, then it was never about being the, about the four best teams. Because again, I, I would, I'll die on that, that, that mountain. Uh, yeah. if, if Alabama beats Georgia is not in this playoff, it's a joke. And here's, here's another thing we don't know that could have possibly, could possibly be kind of in the, in, in the background there. I wonder how many of those, Committee people actually thought about jumping Missouri over Alabama. None. I don't know. I think none. I mean, if you thought, it, it, listen, if that if that thought crossed your mind that a two loss Missouri team should jump Alabama, shh, maybe they did. But I, I shoot, man, I <laughs> can't. I don't that one. I mean, you, you get you get my vibe. I don't oh, trust I do. it. Listen, I, like I said, I think this is a political. Um, Process. I think it's agenda driven, so nothing would shock me. But I, I can't, I can't see that one. But like yeah, I said, well, though, Philip, you know, I've talked about this. The bottom line right now is Alabama survived that Iron Bowl. They have to win this game, or they're going to make it easy on those guys. And I don't want them to make it easy on those guys. So they lose the game. You know, none of it matters. Well, right side, man. I hope they win Saturday. I don't feel great, great about it, but. Hey, at least we're getting a shot. That's right. That's right. All right. got a chance to win the SEC, too. Thank you, Philip. All right. We got to get to a break, and uh, we're going to come back with uh, Kayla Anderson, the Tennessee Titans report. Titans got a win. Of course, they beat the Carolina Panthers, the worst team in the NFL to do it. But they're 4-7, and seven, and they got a lot of division games left. AFC South's not great. Who knows? Maybe they can make a late-season push. We'll discuss it next. Stay with us. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. What's for dinner? Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten 
10.33, Tennessee Whiskey means it's Tennessee Titans report time with Kayla Anderson, Emmy-winning sports anchor now on Ramon, Kayla, and Will on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. And uh, she joins us uh, every week to talk Tennessee Titans. Couldn't be with us yesterday, so she uh, graciously agreed to come on today. And Kayla, good morning. Morning. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Hope you had a great uh, holiday. And... uh, we're getting ready for the stretch run of the NFL season. And, hey, the Titans got a win. It was against the worst team in the league, but who cares? They, they lost three in a row. They needed a win. They got one 17-10 on Sunday. Yeah, and, Gary, you're right. I mean, when it comes down to it, a win is a win. They hadn't gotten one in a while. And here's the thing. They've been good at home uh, the entire season when talking about at least right. Nissan Stadium. Um, so, for them, you know, to continue at least – the home success this year was a big, a big deal. Um, but I think the first thing that fans, you know, looked at when it came to the outcome of that game was, okay, you win by that margin, not a lot. I think a lot of fans kind of wanted to see them uh, take down a, a one and nine at the time, Carolina Panthers team by a lot more than that. But this is the, the state of the Titans that we're seeing. I mean, it's just not a great team still. Yes, you won a game you were supposed to win, but you didn't win it by a big margin because your team, if you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, Gary, it's not that much better. Um, But I will give credit to the defensive front for the Tennessee Titans finally figuring out that sometimes when you don't do too much, it's a good thing. And I think that they got back to basics, and clearly that was apparent with the pressure that they got on Bryce Young. Um, the offense still clearly an issue, but I do feel like you're seeing Will Levis grow um, in many ways. You mentioned being good at home, and uh, I'm with you on Levis. I, I think he's coming along nice. You got four of your final six at home. Of course, the two road games, so, you know, Monday night game at Miami, I don't see a path to victory there, and then a Monday uh, or a, a game at Houston later on, which we know improved Houston is. But still, there's some opportunities to get some wins here, beginning with the Colts on Sunday in a division game. Um, I, I'm going to ask you a tough question, but this is the NFL. Anything can happen. Is there a path to the playoffs still for the Titans that you see? Gary, I don't think so, if I'm just going to be realistic about right. the situation. And and I am, if anyone's positive about, you know, the teams that they cover and it's probably me, but I am realistic when it comes down to it. And this is just a different team than we've seen in the past in terms of like being the underdog, maybe having injuries, but overcoming them. That's just not this team this year. I think they're just trying to win as many winnable games as they can. And like you mentioned, there's not much left on the schedule. I do, however, feel Gary like this weekend with the Colts at Nissan stadium, which they already, you know, lost to the Colts up there earlier on this season. I do think this is a winnable game. Um, They can't do a lot wrong. They, They can't make many mistakes, but I think that because you saw the defensive front play the way they did last week, if they can continue that and, and, you know, get the pressure on maybe in terms of, you know, taking with, with Jonathan Taylor, not playing because of the finger, you know, Zach Moss has been good, but, you know, maybe shut him down like they've done uh, for a lot of time this year with the rush and make Gardner Minshew, you know, throw the ball. And he's, he's 
I think, thrown eight interceptions this season. So while he does a lot of things great as a backup, there's some weaknesses there. Uh, I just don't know if you can win it just offensively and, you know, being able to depend on them. I think the defense, again, has to play a really good game. I agree with you 100%. Everything that you said. And you mentioned Will Levis's development. It, it, he is he is the quarterback now of the Tennessee Titans, correct? Yeah, I think so, Gary. I, I really do feel like, in the craziest way, this might have been the best thing for the Titans this season to have that injury with Ryan Tannehill and never wishing injury upon anybody, but just for the opportunity to see what they had in Will Levis. Because think about it. If, if Ryan Tannehill were not to have you know, that ankle injury this year um, and be out for those games, I don't think we would have seen Will Levis. I mean, maybe if it got to the point where there the play wasn't there, but then you really couldn't see a full body of work of Levis. And at this point, you're, you're being able to see a good chunk of Will Levis this season. Hopefully, he continues to improve throughout the season. And that's maybe the best value you get out of this season is knowing okay, this is your quarterback of the future, mm-hmm. and we've seen him grow. So the next year, Gary, when they can hop, hopefully figure out some of the stuff in front of him by maybe drafting a, a tackle and maybe signing uh, a couple guys uh, free agency-wise because they have the money, then you can maybe see him take the next step as the quarterback, and that could really progress this offense. Absolutely. Derrick Henry had a solid game. It's still the formula for the Titans. If they can, if they can you know, have a lead or, or, or be able to not have to try to come from behind where they can run the football, he went 18 carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns in the game. And uh, as you said, and you cover the team every week, and I watch him, he still looks like Derrick Henry to me. Uh, the offensive line's not very good. They've had a lot of issues, but when given an opportunity, he can still make plays in the ground game, and that's still their best way of winning football games to me is through Derrick Henry. It is, and if you have him right now, you still have the luxury of Derrick Henry. You try to use him as much as you can, and guess what? Not every game it's going to work out exactly how you want it because you're right. The offensive line is not great this year, and you can only do so much behind that when when teams are game planning for Derrick Henry. But you might as well try. And we saw that on Sunday. Derek Henry, by the way, you know, when you see that will in him to be like, if he's doubted at all, like I feel like you see that in his play. Mm-hmm. And I felt like on Sunday he was like, okay, well, if this offense can't get it done any other way, I'm going to do my <laughs> best to get this team on the board in terms of getting in the end zone you know, helping that red zone percentage, which has been awful this year, give the the ball to Derek, and he he took the will upon himself to do it, right, and get the job done. Uh, I know it wasn't the biggest margin, like I said, but, hey, you utilized your biggest weapon still on that team in terms of offense. And it is still Derek Henry when it comes down to it. Um, the guy continues to, to do his job. I don't think he really has slowed down, and it's hard to see – that fully with this offensive line, but man, he's still got plenty in the tank. And I continue to tell people this. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who, during my flight back here, he he was a running back and kind of the size of Derek. And he said, man, Derek, somebody I looked up to my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, he, he amazes me what he's still able to do. And I said, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible covering this guy. 
Absolutely. He's just uh, – and, you know, it's not uh, – 1,000 yards is not what, what it used to be with playing 17 games, but clearly he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna bust that again. What does it say about the Titans, though? Are they that team now that uh, as bad as the, the Panthers have, uh, have been, you, you lose the Titans and you fire your coach? <laughs> is that where the is oh. where Tennessee's at now? <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, hey, if it's if there's one thing that the Titans will take is something like that, because I said it on here, I think, too, the Titans have allowed a lot of firsts, um, and especially this year with teams, right? Like, And I think when you play the Titans, it's like other teams come in here and they're like, okay, what player is going to break a record or what player is going to you know, have his breakout game or what are we going to do for the first time as a team this year? And it's, it's seriously, a lot of that has come against the Titans. So maybe the Titans can take a little pride in at least, uh, you know, Carolina thinking that they could come in here and beat them. And maybe Frank Wright was still out if they beat the Titans. But I think that really was the nail in the coffin. Like, if you can't beat the Titans, uh, <laughs> we're going to have to start anew in terms of the head coach. So, yeah, I, I thought, hey. If anything, they can say, "Hey, we got Frank Wright hired, uh, fired over there." Yeah. Speaking of of, of uh, the, the Panthers, uh, obviously the Titans. If they don't win that game, whew, Lord of mercy, I don't even want to think about what the, the the narrative would be. But they did win it. What was? Do you get any feel? I mean, speaking of bad offensive lines and lack of playmakers, uh, that's one thing the Tennessee can say. We got more than than Carolina does. What what was the feeling on Bryce Young at all? Uh, or were you able to get a vibe yeah. on what the Titans, uh, you know, think of the rookie quarterback out of Alabama? For, for Carolina? I think really the talk that I still, you know, hear about around here. And look, there are a lot of Alabama fans here. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that. And a lot of them call into the radio show. And the the word, though, that we even get from non-Alabama fans are people still believe like Bryce Young can be good in this league. I mean, we all saw what he did in college and at a very, very high level. And um, this has just been one of those things where he has had, like Levis has had, and Tannehill, but even like worse, offensive line. I mean, the line has completely crippled his advancement. Um, he has been sacked 36 times. I mean, you cannot do much when it comes to that. He can never get comfortable, Gary. I mean, and then you add to it. What weapons does he have? Right. I mean, I just really feel like they've done a poor job there, even allowing to have some success for this young quarterback um, as a first round with all the stuff that comes along with it. I'm not putting this on Bryce, and I think he can still be a good quarterback in this league. They have got to help him out down there. Wow. Yeah, I agree with you. (laughs) They're in trouble. All right. Lastly, um, Jacksonville beat the Texans on Sunday, heck of a football game. Um, clearly the front runner is, is, is any chance for anyone catching Jacksonville in the AFC South, or you think they've got uh, pretty much uh, a lock on the division? I think that was a big game and a big win for Jacksonville. Cause I think the thoughts we all, you know, in terms of people who cover the Titans and the AFC South in general, the thoughts we had with that game is man, I mean, Houston is coming in, and they have they have strung together some wins. Um, CJ Stroud's playing real well. It looks like this team is starting to click, and I think that was a huge game for Jacksonville to say, "Hey, wait a second, we're still the dominant one right now in the division, um, and you know we still have a quarterback that's a little bit more 
season than C.J. Stroud. The health for the Houston Texans is still an issue. I believe they just lost a, a tackle today on the line, so um, on the offensive line. So there's issues that are coming in in terms of injury still. You don't want that happening this time of year when you're still on the hunt. I think when it comes down to it, I do think Jacksonville is probably going to go ahead and take that crown. But then again, we're in the NFL and wilder things have happened. All right, last question. Who do you like in the SEC championship game, Georgia and Alabama on Saturday? Man, I was talking about this today. And maybe this is like me having a little bit of a bias because I did cover Alabama um, and during Nick Saban's first year. So I take a lot of pride in that and I follow it very closely. I do like the football that Alabama is playing right now. And I even spoke about it on the show today when we were we were picking our college football playoff teams. And I said, look, I understand Texas went into Alabama at the beginning of the year and bit, beat that team. And that's a great accomplishment for them. That's a hard thing to do. But this is a different Alabama team now. Milrow is playing different, right? He has completely taken huge steps forward. And I always love a team like this under Nick Saban, who you see the growth throughout the year, and maybe people doubted them and mm-hmm. people doubted Saban. I think that's the worst thing for other teams is to have a doubted Nick Saban team, um, but see the development that you have with them. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. I would not be surprised if we could see some shakeup with Alabama winning and then creating chaos with the college football playoffs. I'm kind of hoping for that, Gary. I am too, obviously. (laughs) And it would. It could. Yeah, right. Sunday could. If Alabama wins, Sunday is going to be crazy because I guarantee that committee's pulling for Georgia to win to make life easier for them. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It is at Kayla Anderson TV. Also, Ramon Kalen Will. Uh, If you can't wake up early from 6 to 10 a.m., you can definitely check it out on the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Kayla. Thanks, Gary. Take care, all. All right. It's 1047 here on the Gary Harris Show, and uh, we are rocking and rolling. I let the cat out of the bag uh, yesterday, but we got a brand-new sponsor joining us on Friday, Krispy Kreme Donuts. I'm going to go ahead and give a plug right now. This is donut time. When it's cold outside, they've got all kinds of coffees, espressos, Hot and fresh now donuts, the classic glazed, a lot of specialty donuts. They're, hey, hey no, in fact, uh, again, I'm, I'm giving a little preview to Krispy Kreme, but they're going to have all through December, uh, you know, the, the Will Ferrell movie, what was it, where he was the elf? elf was, yeah. Just called Elf. Yeah, they're going to have uh, donuts built around that movie. So Christmas Yummy. donuts galore over at Krispy Kreme. Check them out. All right, we'll be back. We got one final segment. We got time for phone calls in this last segment. We're going to have about. Oh, five minutes or so when we come back. So give us a ring on the First Domain Condominiums hotline, 205-342-9904. We'll be right back. Tide 100.9 and low. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky today, Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight clear with a low at 32. Tomorrow partially sunny during the day. Rain moving in tomorrow night, the high 61. Friday cloudy with occasional rain, Friday's high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Score! All right, 1051, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And we got time, as I said before the break, if you want to give us a phone call, uh, we got about five minutes left in this uh, in the show, so give us a ring, 205-342-9904. All right, Alabama football is where I want to close it out uh, because uh, this week is uh, incredibly important for this season, obviously. Uh, the game on Saturday uh, is an opportunity for Alabama to win another SEC championship. That would be number nine under Nick Saban, and I still believe get into the college football playoff if they beat the Georgia Bulldogs. It will not be easy. As I said earlier, I picked uh, I picked uh, Georgia on on Tider Insider Television last night to win the game. Um, I hope I'm wrong, and maybe I am using a little reverse mojo. Who knows? I picked uh, I picked Georgia two years ago to win, and Alabama went over there and laid one on them. And uh, then I picked Alabama to win in the national championship game, and Georgia won that one. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, like I said, maybe it'll it'll be a good uh, sign for Alabama that I picked against them. But I definitely think Alabama can win the game. I, I do think uh, that Jalen Milrow is is the wild card here. I, I watched some of the games Saturday night with Georgia and Georgia Tech. Haynes King, the Texas A&M transfer, gave gave Alabama or gave uh, Georgia, I should say, a lot of problems running the football. Um, They've had problems with quarterbacks running, and nobody's going to run it better against them than, than Jalen Milrow. So I really like uh, his ability to make some plays. He needs to have a big game, obviously. All right, let's jump out on the hotline and check in with Ground Chuck. Hey, Ground Chuck. Hey, Gary. This is just an endorsement for one of your new sponsors. Uh, a lot of people this time of year, you know, want to get their house and all carpet cleaned up, the tile floors and all because they're going to have Christmas dinner there. I used to have a business, and uh, we didn't have enough carpeted areas by our own van and carpet cleaning system we started using jackie houston the best houston hydra thing yep. and after we use them if we ever used anybody else our client told us to go back to jackie the best and i'm glad you said it ground chuck i appreciate that houston hydra steam and carpet cleaning in fact i wanted to have jackie on today he, he was out on a on a uh, job so we're gonna try to have him on the morning uh, to talk about what you're talking about just to talk about with the holidays coming on if people want their you want your house to look the best your floors carpet whatever it is bathrooms uh thanks for saying that because yeah he is absolutely uh when you've been when you've had a locally owned business for as long as he has had you you have to be good because otherwise as you know ground check you won't stay in business <laughs> it's as simple as that uh, and 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 the, and the way things are nowadays people are scared about letting people in their house and seeing what they got and don't That's right. you ain't got to worry about you ain't got to worry about that with jackie well, man i yeah I, i'm with you 100 he is what you see is what you get great great guy and a great great business and yeah thanks for the plug because i mean seriously folks the holiday season, you want your house looking its best. You got family coming in, you got friends, you're throwing parties and bad flooring, whether it's 
dirty carpet or or stained floors or whatever it is, man. And, and like Chuck just said, he'll come. They'll come in. They're bonded. You don't have to worry. They're secure, and they'll do the job to your satisfaction. That's what they're all about. All right. Well, now listen. Yeah, I appreciate the plug. Give, give, give you one. Give you one morning, real quick. Make sure you still got plenty of time when you get Jackie on there. When you get him started talking, sometimes he's hard. To well, he can ramble. Hey, listen. I appreciate the plug, but you got a couple minutes right, now. I'll, tell me what you think about this SEC championship game coming up Saturday. Well, you know, I'm a big Alabama fan as anybody. I don't think they can beat Georgia, but the only thing about it, Georgia's not any more better than us, and we were Auburn, and they like to beat us, so there's always a chance. That's why you play them, right? All right. See you later, Gary. Thank you, Ralph. Chuck, that's why you play them, and, I, you know, you can't count out Nick Saban. I think Kayla said something earlier when we had her on, Noah, that when you doubt Nick Saban in Alabama, that's when Nick Saban in Alabama – are at their best. They'll need to be at their best on Saturday. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show. I want to thank uh, Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law, for bringing you this second hour. Alabama Credit Union for the first hour. And a reminder to catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. Then back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition. Thursdays mean the coach, Ellis Johnson. Can't wait to pick his brain about this game coming up between Alabama and Georgia. Plus the... Uh, Falcons report with D. Orlando Ledbetter and Jeff Spiegel will join us as well. All that coming up on the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show. Okay, Miller's with, uh, the pastor paying Corey Miller and Kristen Miller coming up next. I love that show. Then Big Noon Sports with uh, Matt and Lars from noon to two. And then Ryan Fowler will take you home on the game from two until six this afternoon. As I said, I'm back here tomorrow morning for the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. When you switch to Boost Mobile, you